Hello everyone, welcome back to, you know, your favorite in the life of a conspiracy theorist. I am your host, Eric, and we're going to talk about, let's sit on it for a second, sink it in, the economy, and how great and wonderful it is. On my podcast, I'm actually on the road at the moment, I gotta tell you something, I actually have pretty much like a compact car, um, as a nice gas tank, typically I used to be able to fill it up for about $15, $20 tops. 20 would be tops, and that would be if I was, like, almost on the E. I had to get gas just a little while ago, this past day, past weekend, to fill up the car. It cost me $40 to fill up my gas tank. And I was in the state of South Carolina on my way back home, so I can only imagine, only imagine how high our, our freaking gas is going to go up. I saw a speculation that we could be seeing almost a whole dollar increase before the middle of June. Let that sink in. We have an economy that is clearly failing, and i got to tell you, it is orchestrated. Absolutely, positively orchestrated. Because the reason why I say it's orchestrated is that you had 9-11. We were attacked. Towers came down. If you believe that we were attacked, we were attacked, either way you can say it, whether it was, you know, inside or outside, nobody knows. For certain, everybody can speculate, and we all pretty much know what really happened that day now that we're kind of waking up to the truth of the, the matter, and that's why I want to talk about the economy, is so that you can wake up to the truth. Let's just take a look at the economy, and let's go slow. We had the event, the horrible, horrible event that took place on 9-11, and it hit one of the, the, the biggest states, one of the uh, an icon into the eyes of millions of people through movies or commercials or whatever. And yet, the economy kind of was shaky, but it balanced back out. Then in 2008, you had the Too Big to Fail campaign that was done by, first, was done by George W. Bush and his watch under 9-11. It says that he was hiding how much uh, our infrastructure financially was collapsing and he was essentially saying he was hiding it for the next president to take over and I say I call BS on that because as soon as Obama comes in we have this thing called the too big to fail campaign too big to fail campaign and what does that mean it means that they have to bail out the big businesses and all of a sudden, they're sending out these stimulus packages to the gov- uh, to these CEOs, and they're lining their pockets, getting fat and happy, while we, the American people, are paying for those. And just to me, you would think that the economy would be hit there. That interest rates should should have shot up when we were sending out trillions of dollars to these people that was supposed to do a trickle down effect that never actually took place. But yet, the economy stayed fairly okay. You had a little bit of gas price, gas scares during that time. And yes, gas kind of went up for a little bit. But gas, as soon as they hit the reserves, gas came back down. So everything seemed to be all right. The Federal Reserve was like, we're still strong. We're okay. Then all of a sudden, you have another president comes in. and He's got his whole, Obama's whole thing was make a change another one that has a cool slogan that comes into power is this let's make America great again and so all of a sudden 
for four years, the economy is looking really good for the United States. I mean, really good that it was affecting other economies such as China and Russia and all these other countries were uh, not feeling the, the, the great money that America was so willing to just throw out there because the American people, hey, we were just going to eat it and just keep on eating it and keep on eating it and keep on eating it. So all of a sudden we have this takes place. And when we have this, the economy's going good. Gas prices are coming down. Food is not as, as expensive anymore. You're getting to be able to stretch your dollar as far as you want to. I mean, I have a friend that could sit there and swallow a quarter and crap out 25 pennies because he's a penny pincher. He actually will. But now you go to a store that's called a Dollar Tree. Understand this. I don't know if you have this in your states, but there's a, there's a company that's called Dollar Tree. And ever since I was a kid, the store's always been a dollar. Everything in the store's a dollar. Well, my wife was wanting some blue on cubes, and so I was like, well, right here, I know we can get some. So I pulled in and went in there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, everything's a dollar and a quarter. I was like, you're no longer a dollar tree. You're a dollar and a quarter tree. Not everything in here is a dollar anymore. Let that sink in. Something that's about probably 30 years in its existence and everything's always been a dollar is now a dollar and a quarter i say the roads that i'm on right now are some horrible roads you can probably hear them but let that sink in all of a sudden we are now in an event where 25 cents has gone up for this company it's always been for over 30 years a dollar we're all feeling it. We're feeling it at the pump. We're feeling it at groceries. We're feeling it when we try to sit there and figure out if we're going to go to work. And here's the thing that I believe is what happened is that all of a sudden we had the pandemic take place. And in that time that the pandemic took place, all of a sudden everybody was home. And then people started realizing, wait a second, we don't have to really live off of two incomes. We just cut out the fat. And if we cut out the fat... Oh my God, you mean I can stay home and not to pay for a daycare center? And all of a sudden, you have people, married couples, who are now able to make the decision that one would work and the other one would stay home. And everything was fine. And it was working. But see, that's not what they want. They want you to be completely, I can't say the word, but completely in shackles to finances. To the point that you're willing to sit there and see that new iPhone. You're going to run out and get it. you got to get that new PlayStation 5. you got to get out and get it. got to get the new Xbox. got to get out and get it. got to get that new uh, Mustang. got to get out and get it. got to get a new Charger. got to get out and get it. got to get the newest car on the lot. got to get out and get it. But all of a sudden, when COVID happened, all of a sudden, all that stopped. And people started recognizing, wait a second, I don't have to get another car I can actually drive the car that I have and I can own it and I could drive it till the wheels fall off and then get a new car lo and behold let that just sink in for a second and that's what was going on and taking place and then happening and so with this you're seeing this 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 new mindset that wait we don't have to have two incomes to be able to survive now, the global elitists, they don't want that. They don't want that. That's why they did away with it during uh, the Second World War. It's the reason why they've pushed this envelope for so long 
to force people that both parties has to work if they want to succeed. If they want to have anything in their life, they both got to work for it and they got to die for it and they've got to work 30 years, 40 years for a company and then if they're lucky, they don't get laid off right when it's time for them to retire because they're the labor. They're the labor force for the global elite. Well, they saw that we were all here realizing, wow, we don't have to keep living like this. And not only do we not have to keep living like this, we can actually spend time with each other and enjoy each other's company. So for me, I look at it going, okay, you had an event called 9-11. You had a too big to fail campaign. Yeah, let's make America great again. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when you they were showing that more people were staying home and that a two income was now going to a one income, they had to hit you. They had to hit you where it hurt. They had to hit you at the gas station. They had to hit you in the food because those are the things that they knew you have to have to be able to, in this society, live. So they raised those prices on purpose to get you to go back into the labor force so that you can get and grind your life away for 20 to 40 years for a company and not see jack crap really after you have to retire. Because typically you're so stressed out from the job that you're working that when you do finally retire, your health goes to crap. People have heart attacks. People have strokes. People have all kind of medical issues that take place and happens to them when they retire. While they're working, they don't take a sick day. They work. They work. They got to do that. They got to grind. And they got their boss going to grind them on them because they've got a boss that's going to grind on them. And you're supposed to provide and give and help your, fellow, your, your family. You're doing this for your livelihood. And then it's, it's literally stripped away from you because of your health. You can't even enjoy your retirement because now you have an oxygen tank or you're in a wheelchair or you have a poop bag. Something has happened to you medically that you can't succeed or even enjoy the last few years you have after grinding so hard for this corporation. You can't tell me this isn't orchestrated. You can't tell me this wasn't planned. You can't tell me the global elites, when they met at the Burger Group or they met at whatever secret little location that they all go to, that they didn't sit there as they're drinking their favorite alcoholic drinks and eating the flesh that they want to eat, sitting there making themselves fat and happy, go, uh, well, we got them to be scared about this, this pandemic. Got them scared about the pandemic, but gosh knows, man, they're not as stupid as sheeple as we thought we, they were. We thought they would automatically go back into the grind as soon as the, the veil lifted and all of a sudden everyone could go out in public again and go off and shop again. But wait a second, some of these people have decided, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to just have one person go and work and they're going to cut other things out. That is what... And why I say this whole thing was orchestrated from the very get-go. They want you in the workforce because they want you to be enchained by the money of the workforce. And the only way they could get you to go back to having a two-income family 
instead of a one-income family is they hit you where it would hurt you the most, at the gas station and at your grocery stores. You can't tell me this is not orchestrated by the global elites. When you have your 9-11, the Too Big to Fail campaign, let's make America great again, and then all of a sudden, a year, a year after this president's elected, who barely, I think, has pooped on the Pope, that doesn't really know his butt from a hole in the ground, all of a sudden, the economy is now, inflation is going in, and gas prices are going, and yet he's not willing to tap into the reserves so that it would help the American people's pockets, because it's not supposed to, guys, is to force you to go back into that labor and to grind. He could give us relief. All he would have to do is tap into our reserves. And we would be have a little bit of relief from the gas. That's not the plan. So it's up to you as an individual. Do I keep grinding in this type of environment that is completely and absolutely the thing that's to keep me in chains? Or do we finally say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be in shackles anymore. I want to be free. Only you can answer that for yourself. I know what I had to do to be free. And as always, you got to pay attention to your surroundings. You never know what lies in the corner. Y'all have a great one. And please, think on this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Plot of Confusion. I am sorry I've been away. Uh, for a while, I have some medical issues, uh, surgeries is going to have to be uh, something I have in my future, pretty much beginning the new year off that way, so I apologize. I hope to get back in the swing of things of doing uh, more podcasts and uh, doing them back weekly as I have been, so please forgive me, but I am Derek, your host, with my beautiful wife and co-host, and co-host Nikki, hello. So, as I have been uh, away or, you know, and not been able to do the podcast, uh, we always do our study. Now, we have where we, we do a little bit of a different type of study than normal people when it comes to biblical texts and stuff. We also like to go and get another topic and see what's kind of out there. And there was this topic that has just really just blown, I think, both of us Yeah. Away. Like, I still need more information. Yes. But we're getting there. Getting there. Um, it is a subject matter that some people believe that our history has been changed um, in the past 300 years. Or I would say even hidden. Or hidden history uh, in the past 300 years. And that our society is not been on this, you know, 6,000-year journey to 10,000-year journey, but what we have as technology today has been changed, um, and it's only been around for a short 300 years, um, pretty much around the same time that America, three, 400 years, the time of America, the New World, and a lot of people believe that there is this area or that a group of people that pretty much came out of I guess Russia is 
one of the main places. Yeah, Russia, Asia, it's, I think, where it began. And yeah. from what we've been looking at, it spread everywhere. But, and it was a kingdom, apparently. And a lot of mega structures that we have that, you know, you had these the fairgrounds that would open up and they'd have these huge world fairs. world fairs around the world. And then you would have all these major fires that burn a lot of these places down. And, and it's kind of like you look at the technology of the time and you're kind of going, all right, how did this, how, how was it possible for you to be able to build? all these structures in this short amount of time uh, with not having a huge workforce for one, especially here in the new world. And it goes on a topic that I like to talk about, which deals with the giants that were on the earth in those days. And also after that, um, so the time, the, the, I think there's a debate on how you say the name. Um, of the subject matter, which is... We're going to go with Tartaria. Tartaria. And I've seen it spelled T-A-R-T-A-R-I-A. But I have seen it Tartia and some other writings. Now, whenever, I don't, if you've ever been to a foreign country, you know that in their language, they don't necessarily spell or pronounce the name of their country the same way that Americans do or English <coughs> English speaking too. So I have a feeling most of these words are in <coughs> other languages like Latin or Russian or other such things. But we're going to call it Tartaria. Tartaria. Now, Tartaria apparently spanned across the globe back in about 300 years to 400 years. And apparently uh, there was a war between humans today against these giants of old and whatever happened we were able to run them out of the nation and, I, and and here's the thing that gets me is that if these people were as big as they were and they were more advanced than we are uh, with some of the stuff that they built then what made them run away what made them go whoa 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 these little you know, five foot nothing people are like popping up like rabbits everywhere, and we we can't we can't compete against them. Now, now if you take a look at the biblical text, and a lot of people vary on this. Uh, some people believe our Constitution of the United States came from uh, their sources. Uh, some people believe that the world, you know, that things with Jesus and stuff like that was a concept that was created by the Catholic Church. And it was the Catholic Church that really kind of uh, came in with both guns blazing and kind of overtook these areas. And in doing so, took over their structures. Now... There's also a theory out there that there was another type of cataclysm that had taken place, which was the Great Flood. It was uh, a mud flood this time. Instead of water, it was mud. And in doing so, it kind of covered the whole world and kind of restarted. And some people believe that these beings had the technology to clone... And not only the clone, I mean, it get, I'm telling you right now, it's it gets out there. It gets, like, deep, deep out there 
on the subject matter, like the Cabbage Patch Kids. You want to go a little bit of detail on that? Oh, no, I don't have enough information that, what? but it gets deep. Like, well, we've been watching uh, several programs and different videos because... And one, one guy's mind... Uh, mind Unveiled, I think it is. Okay, Mind um, Unveiled. And he talks about that he was looking for something else, and he ended up finding all these postcards and pictures of these kids being born in cabbage patches, and or being hatched out of eggs, or being brought by storks, and or being big... fished out of the river. I mean, so and that's going to have to be a, a tale we just and apparently it was dig what, into later. A big orphan boom during this time. They had like things like orphan trains. Yeah, and and you know, and it was about the same time. So yeah. I don't know how they're related to each other, but it was all about the same time. Yeah, and here's some I didn't know going into this. My wife and I are both artists, but my wife is uh, more uh, classically um, taught through universities in art. And one of the things that you were saying that I was like, wait a second, you're telling me they were able to manipulate? Yeah. So can you go a little detail in that if they're looking at these postcards or want to look these things up? Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about it from perspective of like me not having the artistic background to go into this. So you'll see iconic pictures and photographs, black and white, and you're like, oh wow, that's an awesome picture, but it's it's essentially photoshopped. I mean, that's our word now, because that's the program that we use, but essentially it's image manipulation. And so... How are you able to do this? Okay, well, and we also should probably talk about why would you do this, yeah. but we're going to talk about how also. Okay. So... The first um, photographs were um, imprints, and it's a little bit different chemistry-wise or whatever. And uh, those had to, you had to sit there for a very long time. But then soon after that, they got to the point that they could start making. Um, they don't just do like your phone where it's yes, digital. Right. It's more. It's very. I mean, it's obviously analog, and you definitely have to expose light to photographic film. And then, um, and when you go to start making the, uh, what's the slide things? I get the film. Oh, man, film? Yeah, the You film would have to, you know, slides, slides images. The images. I can't remember uh, the exact thing. Now we don't do as many with that, so my brain's yeah. like fried. But, um, so I taught photography. I taught, I, I took photography in college, and then I ended up teaching it when I first started teaching art uh, back in 200s. And so, one of the first things... 2000s. They, 2000s. Thank you. 200s. 200s, Lord, yeah. she's an immortal. Oh, my <laughs> God. Vampire. She is like... I'm telling you. I'm she was a part of the Tatara. Tartaria. Yeah, I'm just pretending she, like just, I'm yeah. dumb. No. Um, <laughs> no, but really. So, one of the things we looked at is you can adjust a photo, a, a picture from the negative. That's the word I was looking negative for. Negative thing. From the yeah. negative with a little bit of dodging and burning. And I know that... That sounds crazy. And how you could cut it and then put yeah. it together. Well, it's not even a cut, really. You're you're using a negative in. And you're to, you're piling it up. You're Double exposure. Well, you're pushing the image onto, um, projecting the image onto photographic paper. Well, if you take um, a piece of cardboard, you know, something stiff, it could be wood or whatever. You can take part of the artwork and then over there you can kind of 
shift your arm and that way there's not a distinct line. And so what? And it will take out part of the photo and then leave part of it. Well, to it, put something on that part of the photo, you then cover up that part and you expose the other part and you can actually and, um, and that's the, that's, collaborate and make different photos. Right, and that's manipulating the, 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 the negative. And the reason why we're bringing this up is that one thing that was brought up is that these buildings that are supposedly from this group of people uh, never show them in production. You never see them being made, built, where the land itself had been um, raided. And then you would see the image of the building there, and then it would have no buildings around it, but then you could take that same picture and put it next to a picture that now had the buildings, and you could see that it had been doctored where they had taken the other buildings out of it. But and historians are using this, saying, "Yeah, these this is when it was built. This is how it was done." And a lot of them uh, are very haunted now. A lot of ghost shows have actually been going to some of these places. Uh, a lot of them were, were used for jails. A lot of them were used for. Um, Asylums, asylums, uh, hospitals, children's homes, orphanages, churches, churches, government uh, buildings. Yeah, uh, especially dealing with the law and hanging and stuff because the floors were so tall. And the crazy thing is, is that in a, where we live, which is close to not that far away from Charleston, but also not that far away from Boone. North Carolina and Charleston, South Carolina, um, these buildings are there, like the Biltmore State. In Asheville. In Asheville, North Carolina. And if they show that if you dig what they said that was used for bootlegging, you have all these underground tunnels and cities all, all around. And it's kind of like, well, why would you have, you know, the Biltmore State have the uh, underground city that goes all the way into Asheville to the courthouse, and this was used by bootleggers? It, it just didn't make a lot of sense, because that's miles, miles of underground tunnels that went, why would they have, why would underground tunnels have, you know, uh, windows and doors and all these other things, and I was sitting there going... Because if you're building underground, there's absolutely no reason to have windows. Yeah. And then if you see a building, and you see a ground level, but all of a sudden, for some reason, it has a window that's right there, why would you Why would you put a window right there at the ground? That doesn't make any sense, especially for raining or flooding or snows or whatever. Why would you even, why would you even do this? And... This is something that, you know, has puzzled me because I used to be a brick salesman. I used to spec houses and I know what it takes to, for a project to know how many bricks need to be used for the project and, you know, how long it takes, how long it takes for them to be fired and made. And these places are built out of red brick, which is like one of the hardest things, especially at that time. Or parts of it, which was not a thing back then. Yeah, so we're sitting here looking at this from our our artistic Artistic side. side And and functionality and 
how long it takes something to get made and how long it takes for the materials to be, you know, brought in. And, and, and how long it would take for a project like that to have that much brick made for that project at that time. And it it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's, it's really mind-boggling to look at it and go, why, why would this be a thing? Why would this even even at all be be used in this manner and how was it used and how were they able to do it and how were they able to come up with a mortar and everything that needs to be done and when you're taking a look and they're saying that and I don't believe our civilization has only been restarted 300 years ago 300 years ago um, but I do believe there were giants and that something has happened and cause the giants because you're seeing the same architect that's in Russia and in the Vatican and in Italy and all around the world and uh, Asian countries too all this magnificent um, highly detailed structures with ornamentation and decoration and I mean, it, I mean, it's not like it looks like separate architects made this architecture. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, yeah. It's the same blueprint. It looks like it's just like someone that has came up with this. It's kind of like looking at a McDonald's and you can look at the building itself and be like, before you see the arches, you kind of recognize the building and be like, oh, that's a McDonald's type mentality where it's like, the art is the same architect just that, slightly different in areas in areas and be like this is done by the same people or the same person and it's really really mind-boggling that you know you have in the, the the ancient past is one thing that the bible says is that it refers to that time as ancient of days a lot of things before the flood were considered ancient of days and the bible alludes to technology and the ability to build and a theory that i had is that if angels who left their first estate and they came to earth and they couldn't go back to their first estate they could not go back into that other dimension into heaven into god's realm and they were stuck here this was their domain could it be them and their offspring and these buildings that apparently have been covered by mud and and a lot of the things is that they were covered in mud and that they were preserved like that through all these years and that through digging them up they've been found and reused could we not be looking at the same structures that the fallen were building and creating before the flood and this could show us that there was a technology and a world civilization that that maybe even surpasses ours today what's your thoughts i agree and i think there's a lot more studying we're going to have to do to kind of piece together and get all the information because once we have a little bit more of the parts i think we'll be able to slide the puzzle pieces together yes i kind of i agree with you i think that it does have something to do with that what exactly i 
I'm still not absolutely sure on. Uh, I have my thoughts, but it's not enough to go on. So. Yeah. And it's just a theory. It's just something that we're looking into. Uh, this is kind of like an introduction to this. I want you to let me know uh, in the comments if you would like for us to go even further about this. If you know anything about this, would I would love, love to, hear to hear your theory. But I'm putting it out there that you have this ancient alien race, which would have been the fallen angels and their offspring, which would be the giants. Because the one thing about these structures, it's made for large people. And that the people from uh, Tartaria, or however you say Tartaria. it, Tartaria, it is said that they were giants. Huge, huge people. Where you're looking at the, the, the average size uh, from 9 feet to 13 feet tall. And you're talking about a not, you know, an actual full not you know not giantism where your body just is kind of growing and it's under its own pressure is being destroyed no these people were warriors uh you have native americans and there's stories of them talking about them with red hair white skin uh huge giants the other thing too is that uh, that goes along with these people is that they were cannibals that they hunted down humans and ate them and you know you have Native Americans that are talk, that talk about this, and for some reason that the structures that are left is that it's like there was a remnant of these giants, and they never, whatever cataclysm it was, they were never able to get back on their feet. And some people even speculate that maybe instead of us looking for a giant primate in the woods, in hunting down the primates of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Yeti, that maybe, just maybe, that the wild men of the forest is the last remnant of these people. And that they, because they were known to be hairy too. Yeah. Um, that was the other thing, is that these people were considered being hairy all over and highly intelligent and that the women were gorgeous and you know and that they they did if they saw a beautiful woman they they took her and you couldn't stop them from doing it and when you're seeing this and you're seeing the parallels that match up to what the fallen angels were doing and find and other greek mythology and everything else is kind of matching up to the nephilim and going, well, what if there was this great cataclysm and what they were doing was now hiding themselves so that they could not only hide themselves, but may re reproduce, maybe start building up their numbers. And maybe that's why we're having more sightings of Bigfoot now than we ever have. And giants appearing and coming, you know, that's the other thing is that I want to talk about giants and them being seen and, you know, doors opening up in the face of the side of a mountain and seeing a giant come out of it and go right back in and close it like a door. There's some weird stuff that's going on out there right now that really just like, just boggles the mind. Exactly. And it's like if you, if you 
watched too much of it once. Oh. We're literally just going insane. Cause yes. like it's, it's too much information. It is too much information. So what we do is we watch a little bit here, a lot, watch a little bit there. And when we're ready to make the comments on it, we get in here and talk about it with you. <laughs> yes, and we're going to do a little bit more. And we're going to go a little bit more in detail of our theory and why we feel that our theory matches not a 300 here, but matches more of a five, 6,000 year around the time of this great falling away that what, you know, what caused one third of the angels. And if they're still here, you know, one thing that was said is that California had a lot of these places and that beings that could be like demigods are really the ones that's behind and running everything in California and the the West Coast. Just some food for thought. Let me know if you live out that er in that area. If y'all have any stories or have seen things, because there's a lot of weird stuff that happens out there, and a lot of weird supernatural stuff that happens out there. And if these places are truly haunted as much as is believed, then wouldn't that explain where the uh, disembodied spirits went? They would stay in an area that they were familiar with because they couldn't go to heaven and they it wasn't their time to go to hell, maybe? Just some more food for thought. But that's it for now. I uh, hope to get back doing more of these, try to get back on a regular weekly basis. Um, just let us know what you think about this topic and uh, if you'd like to hear more of this. Thank y'all so much for the great year that you have given me. You have made this channel grow. I am very blessed and thankful for it. I saw my rep and how much my uh, channel has grown and how many people have subscribed and it means a lot to me. Thank you all. You are all a part of this great plot of confusion because in the end of the day aren't we all just a little bit confused about oh, yeah, the things confused. that's going around the world <laughs> so god bless take care and until next time please pay attention to your surroundings because you never know what lies around the corner okay. we love you bye, bye.